0: Tides and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Bites.
1: Should all the quaintest beaver got and ever brought to mind? Should all the greatest be forgot And the season finale of Tides and Fights This is the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Danielle Radford. Oh, hi, hello. And Lindsay Kelk. It's me. It's the end of 2020. We made it. It's so funny that we're recording this weeks before the end of 2020. We don't know if we made it. We're presuming we made it. (laughs) This is one of the most (laughs) absurd years of our lives. And like most things, wrestling reflected and amplified that absurdity. So we're going to talk a bit about the year that was in wrestling. The good, the bad, and the pandemic. We lost live audiences. We had the weirdest (sighs) WrestleMania of all time. We had, then NXT was the crowd. Then AEW went to a football stadium and started bringing people in after having their wrestlers be a crowd first. Then, the Thunderdome arrived. Then, Lindsay was in the Thunderdome.
0: Yeah, she was. And <laughs> never got out, I'm still there. And
1: part of Lindsay is trapped, that is part of the deal, as a piece of your soul remains in the Thunderdome for It's very time.
0: Superman, yeah. I'm floating around in a triangle in space. <laughs> at,
1: at this point, the vaccines are starting to be distributed. It will be months, probably, probably not until the summer, when we're all vaccinated and ready to go and at that point we would imagine that they will be prepared for crowds and we'll probably start getting people in like you'll get your second shot and then they'll give you ringside seats for <laughs> hell in a cell or whatever whatever stuff for like they're, they're reconstituted king of the ring or whatever they do <laughs> what stuff worked for you overall in these experiments are there things that stand out? And we'll talk about specific matches. Just overall, in terms of the presentation of of the shows in general.
2: Wrestlers' audience really did it for me because I feel like you were able to also further along storylines while it did feel like someone was engaged. Even if it's just like one person here and then one pe- person and Adam Driver away. Like it still felt like it was very... Um, I don't know why I'm suddenly talking in this very low, sexy voice.
0: Um, it's because you mentioned Adam Driver and you had no choice. You had it's to go funny. down an
2: octave, baby. Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, so that's, for me, that worked really,
2: really well. There were great moments with like uh, MJF and like other moments where people were really able to uh, push their character and push what was happening on screen at the same time. And I thought that that was really, really well done.
1: The reason why I'm out here and I'm not over there wrestling in the ring is quite frankly because I don't have to, bud. Now, I'll be honest, I saw the winner's purse that AEW management is offering, and I'm sure that's a lot of money for the guys going in there tonight, but eh, not for me. So what I'm going to do, bud, is I'm going to sit back and rest this undefeated body of mine, and I'm going to let the, you know, let's be honest, undercard talent get their TV time. And that's why I'm salt of the earth. Also, I like the Thunderdome. Though. Yeah, thund- I thought the Thunderdome worked really, really well. I- and I yeah, didn't like I it at first. It. It's a dumbass name. But it, but it feels like, it feels like you're watching a live show, and that's because they pump in sound. And as Lindsay told us, they tell you what to do. But also, it's overall, it's overall the closest we've come. And I think it's maybe that also speaks to how far away we are from it. But I did enjoy, and I remember talking about this when there's no crowd, you can see who is a good storyteller and who is not because you don't yeah. get that that Hogan Rock bump, that that is your cue that, oh, this must be a very good match because the crowd is reacting a bunch to it. Lindsay, what did you think?
0: Yeah, I was going to say the same as you there, Hal. I was really watching people shine uh, that might not have or that would have communicated themselves in a different way. Uh, People that are just expert storytellers on the mic, people that are brilliant at telling stories in the ring with their body, but may not have gotten the audience reaction that is required to push them forward. Um, so I think it's been great to see people do really good work. I think it's been very beneficial. Like, would I love to see heel Johnny and Candice get booed out of the building? Sure. Right. But heel Johnny and Candace just performing to the NXT people around the ring. Like, mm-hmm. it's been beautiful to watch. It's like mm-hmm. pantomime villains. They just, they eat it up every moment of it. And I think if there were big crowds and everyone was booing, you would lose some of the energy of it because they're playing so big. And I think the crowd would, they'd have to limit themselves. You know, they wouldn't yeah. be able to do the whole speeches because you'd be having to wait for everyone to stop shouting what uh, and booing at them. So I've really, really enjoyed watching people get to do their thing. I think it's been great for a champion like Drew McIntyre, who, you know, he's carried a lot of on his shoulders all year long and it's entirely possible had we been in a crowd situation he would not have been given that opportunity and I think he's done so well and he had a sword they gave a him sword. a sword he did have a sword I loved that would he have gotten that sword if we went in 2021 it's hard to say 2021, 2020 <laughs> I'm not going to curse next year too
1: <laughs> <laughs> one thing that WWE did well, which it had not done as well in the past. Was the return of the cinematic match? Now, of course, they did a version of this, the the Hollywood backlot brawl at WrestleMania between Gold and Piper, and then they completely goofed the the Woken Matt Hardy, the House of Horrors match, which which was a was terrible. But this year, I think they got it right more than they got it wrong. I think that the that yeah. the John Cena Fiend match is, was fantastic.
2: Ruthless aggression!
1: Oh, John, I am literally living your biggest failure right now. I'm not gonna lie. It's sad. I guess I can see why you almost got fired, right? <laughs> Ruthless aggression! Woohoo!
0: You can, but you can't touch.
1: Ruthless aggression.
0: I don't say this lightly, but it was groundbreaking. And yeah. it was because John Cena was prepared to put himself out there so vulnerably as a performer, not just as a wrestler. He, I mean, I would sound like such a pretentious dick right now, but no. it was such a gift that he gave to Bray Wyatt the Fiend to say, I'm going to put all of me out there and be completely egoless and do this crazy thing that we have no idea what if it will work and it worked it was so good
1: it was so tightly written yes and so smart even down to his last promo to the to bray wyatt being turned into a promo about himself
2: Mm.
1: is so smart and and it's not something that we give wwe credit for often and you don't get to see it yes you get to see the memory The memory that the writers have in bringing things back, and the memory that wrestlers have, and how they plan out a match, and that's all very good. This felt like, this felt like the end of Usual Suspects Mm. when he finally puts together all the lies that he's been told, and his coffee cup drops to the ground. There, that it had that, had that feel to it, and that I don't think that's hyperbolic.
0: No, no, No. it it really did feel like. I mean it was a love letter to John Cena's career in a way but in as such that he let his not failings but like the negative things and the parts of the character that people have complained about or the parts of the character that weren't as successful he let a light be shone on all those things instead of just being the big untouchable John Cena who you know could do no wrong he shone a light himself on all of those things that Some people don't like about him or things that haven't been quite as successful and um that to me was just like mind-blowing and to do it at wrestlemania like when all eyes are on him Mm -hmm. wow it's
2: like a reverse this is your life where it's just like here's all of like the criticisms that you've had and we're gonna do it and we're gonna do it very pretty i was hoping that wouldn't be such a one-off and that maybe and maybe who knows next mania maybe we'll get something else that's like it but it was I I agree with everything it was so groundbreaking it was something that was really taking a risk in an industry that is very well known for not for being kind of risk averse yeah honestly Um, Mm -hmm. that I yeah that stuck with me and I think that that's going to be one of those things that's going to be when people start looking back um, my hope is that it'll be one of those things where people are like, "Ugh, this is boring because they're already doing so much based off of it that we're used to it by then. You know, like if you go back and listen to Carlin write albums and you're like, well, that just sounds like everybody. And it's like, well, no, but that was like the first person to do that particular thing. Um, But it will definitely be like a top 20 wrestling match just for them having the balls to really commit and do that. Um, Trust in the post-production team, WWE. They will never (laughs) lead you astray. Your post is amazing.
1: For sure. And I also from that WrestleMania, I wanna shout out a match that I enjoyed that I can't remember I can't remember what the general reaction to it was. I enjoyed the Under if that is The Undertaker's last match, I thought it was fun and it was it was a it was probably the best WrestleMania showing he's had in years. And and that, that having that conceit allows them to shoot stuff multiple times and make sure that he's comfortable and it takes some of that pressure off. Not that he's, look, he's one of the greatest performers of all time. There's nothing wrong in in a later period. And, and all of the 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 dead man stuff, all the, the, the series about him constantly retiring and not retiring and being unhappy with his work, I feel like that's something that hopefully he can look at in a few years if it is indeed his last match and it's wrestling so I'm sure the next time they go to Saudi Arabia he'll be out there <laughs> look family's gotta eat I don't agree with it at all but I, I get the idea for coming back even if I don't like the show mm-hmm. but I think he can look at that if it were his last match and say that was that was a good way to go out
0: and didn't that end up being the last WWE appearance of the Good Brothers wasn't that our last yes. Gallows and Anderson yeah
1: yeah they were released so after
0: that. I just find that Really interesting that they put them in this iconic match that's going to live on forever, and then went, "See you, fellas. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you in the ass." Yeah. Woof.
1: I th- so shifting from that, let's talk about some of the good and bad in in wrestling in general. I think I think a fun way to do this might be a couple of top moments from the year. It could be, uh, it could be a match. It could be a segment. And let's talk about that and then we'll talk about some specific performances and then and then that's and then everybody can get the hell out of 2020. <laughs> so I'll I'll start. Mm-hmm. I'll start with one. I keep forgetting the name of it. I know that the segment has a name with MJF and Jericho doing me and my shadow. God
0: Like the wall, paper sticks
1: to the wall. Like the seashore clings to the sea.
0: Mike, you'll never get a rid of your shadow. Chris, you'll never get a rid of me.
1: Just brilliant. And that whole storyline of him joining and wanting to join the inner circle was was great. I we give AE uh, AEW a lot of crap on this show, rightfully so, well deserved but they do it doesn't mean everything that they do is wrong and that's something they've done incredibly right is put a lot of trust in MJF and put him with someone like the one guy if you're going to learn from someone how to plus your game even more when you have raw talent it's Chris Jericho there's just nobody better on that roster to mentor him and to work with him than Chris Jericho and, I, and that segment is probably one of the top five bizarro weird comedy wrestling segments of all time
2: yeah that was gonna be one that I brought up um again just I love when wrestling takes a risk and does something that we're not like expecting and that is a huge risk and a lot of people didn't like it I don't know any of those people but I hear rumors and see comments that like there are people who did not like that segment um because it was too silly but for me it was like again even if it would have whiffed Like when they did that, um, oh God, that one fight that was Randall versus, um, Randall versus um, not the Fiend, the person he was before that. But right. when they had that where they had, like, the roaches and stuff, like, project onto yes. the ring. I know we all yeah, against we all made fun yeah. of it. But I think that, like, if it would have, I think there's a way that that could have went really well. But most importantly, I think it's important that they still take risks and swing high, even if you don't make it. And um, Me and My Shadow was a huge swing that paid off hugely for this nerd. Um, Really, mm-hmm. truly loved it. And it got some mainstream attention. I don't remember, was it, like, the New Yorker or the something? New York times. times, someone had it as one of their lists of like the best things in entertainment of the year and they're right, they are right to do so so yeah, that was going to be the one that I brought up just because it's like, it's so cool
0: Yeah, I had it in my list too for anyone listening, expecting me to have no AEW <laughs> in my list. I did have it in my list too I just thought it was super fun and refreshing and um, an excellent uh, example of what can be achieved Uh it is entirely possible every week, every single week
1: what was something else that stood out to you as a positive, as like a top uh, moment that you will remember? One of my beyond the fact biggest this moments
0: was actually pre-pandemic. Um, it feels like mm. cheating, but it gave me so. I was looking through my mm. list of stuff, and I had actually quite a lot of pre-pandemic, um, but. It was Edge and Beth being in the uh, respective Royal Rumbles. Uh, Beth Phoenix in the Women's Royal Rumble and Edge showing up in the Men's Royal Rumble. And it genuinely gives me, like, mommy-daddy joy because they, as a couple, make me so happy. I'm far too invested in their personal lives via social media um, because I love (laughs) them both as workers individually and I love that they're together. It's like when Steffi Graf and Andre Agassi got together and you're like, this is right, this feels right. Um, it's just like, if you had to put a wrestle couple together, it feels like a good wrestle couple. Um, and it made me really, really happy. And I just really wanted to give that shout out to Beth because I think Edge coming back was such a huge deal for so many people. But for me, the Beth to be back too was so iconic. And I love that they posted that it was like, you know, a fun date night for mom and dad uh, on their social media. That's like, oh, they're both doing it. He's not the only one doing it. She also is like put herself in great shape and come back and then you know nearly bled out for that Santa Santa uh, yeah I can't even say it I can't say it Santino spot but it was just so awesome to see them both back and doing their awesome thing and getting a chance to uh just be in the thing that they love and get their moment they're the nostalgia spots that I love in the Royal Rumble uh and it made me really happy
1: that men's Royal Rumble is probably a top three for me all time of men's royal rumbles it was fantastic and that edge i forgot that that happened because it happened year, 17
0: right? years
2: ago it's yeah yeah exactly yeah.
1: I, for, I forgot we've been that. in these
2: squares forever we will be in these squares forever <laughs> <laughs> who's it gonna be he's thinking of me? no no way You gotta be kidding me. The Rated R Superstar! Edge is here. Can you guys just imagine for a second if Edge came back when we weren't allowed to have crowds? And how much that would have sucked. Wow.
0: That would have been really sad. That would be one that yeah. deeply needed a crowd. Yeah. Deeply and it's needed like a crowd. Even,
2: I know that they did their best with the matches afterwards, but it's just like all the There is a character missing from every single wrestling show, no matter how good they are. And it's just, and it's weird, man. It's just weird. I mean, thank God the
1: Thunderdome was around for, for one of the things that, that I've been begging for. We've been begging for, for years, which is Roman Reigns turning heel, which was and continues to be. That is one of those things where, thank goodness there was even a fake crowd, but, That would work and be amazing. It's almost better to have it controlled, Mm -hmm. so you don't get like, Mm. like that occasional Pittsburgh crowd that decides, like, we know more about wrestling (laughs) than the people putting on the show, so we're going to hijack the show and just ask. Yeah, you don't want want. the
0: what crowd on a Roman Reigns heel turn.
1: I'm just blown away by the storytelling there and how good the performances are, and how good, how good of actors they all are. And it continues, and it keeps getting great and that the match with him and drew mcintyre was fantastic at survivor series just like this is a great it's a great it's a good time for hoss great
0: time to be a Hoss, male and female Hoss. like like, it's just a really Mm -hmm. good old time and he took his top off everyone he finally took his top off yeah (sighs) no more vest for no apparent reason no it's all nip all the time that's how you know he's a bad guy now you can see his nip nips Mm-hmm. When he covers him back up, he shows us his shame, yeah. uh, <laughs> then we'll know. Only a face could feel shame, so it makes sense.
1: Yep. We're talking about lady hosses, yeah. there were some fantastic ones Truly. this year. Nyla Rose, great all the time. Also, Raquel Gonzalez. Hoss of the
0: year, to me, I mean, genuinely.
1: And Rhea Ripley, mm-hmm. just fantastic work all around. The NXT Women's Division consistently has been the best division in, in major North American televised professional wrestling. Yeah,
0: it's that's routinely, right, we, we all is it. it's the thing that I look forward yeah. to the most every week. And I have like <laughs> done some thinking about myself to be like, why? And is it just because I'm like, I'm a lady and I want to see the ladies and that's why they only advertise heels to me during the ladies matches. I'm like, no, it's because it's consistently the most complex uh, and interesting storytelling with fantastic performances at every turn there hasn't been a single storyline that I haven't enjoyed from Casey Catanzaro. uh, And, um, oh my God, I've completely forgotten her tag team partner's name with the awesome hair. Um,
1: Her roommate, her best friend. Her best friend
0: and their cute matching gear. And I love them. Caden Carter. Um, and I've loved them, you know, from people who are not really being given storylines, but, Teasing coming up, because NXT does still have to have a developmental side to it. I've yeah. loved watching them learn to work together and be a great tag team. I loved the Robert Stone brand stuff with Aliyah. That so, it seems to be on the back burner for right now, but it was still yeah. really fun. It still really worked. Uh, I'm really fascinated to see where this Zia thing is going, Zia It's just, if it's going in the direction it's being teased that it's going in, which by the time this comes out, that could be no longer a tease, but I'm I'm so excited about it. And they're just the backburner storylines. They're the up-and-coming storylines. When you look at the Candice turn, the Tony turn, Io coming Mm. into our own as champion, I I know we talk about either the belt makes the champion or the champion makes the belt. I really feel like they've done each other a real service. Mm. She has made it a really fun reign, and the championship in return has made her seem... I mean, she was always fucking great, but now I just feel like she could be anything to anyone and kill it. I, I, the it's trash been, spot, come on. The trash can. She put her little body in a trash can and jumped off the top of a goddamn cage. Jesus. Um, Beautiful. It's just been such a fantastic year for them. Rhea Ripley, just shoot it into my veins. I love that woman. Yeah. The confidence in her promos now. The way that she holds herself and delivers and presents all of her work is exceptional. Ember moon coming back. Woof. Yes. I mean, the icing on the cake. They say you can't, you know, don't gild a lily, but gild that lily. Gild it up. Gild it. Then frost <laughs> it with diamonds and send it to my house, which they do every week for free. And I love it. It's amazing
1: who we haven't seen in, in such a long time, in a year that feels so long. Of course, Becky Lynch, right before Money in the Bank. We learn that she's pregnant. She gave, well, she actually gave the promo after, on the Raw after, when Asuka learned that she had won the she title cry. instead of a shot at the title. Now they have given birth to their child. I can't remember the name <laughs> of it. Name I know it's is not Roo. XAE-12. Its
0: name is Rue. You know what? Let's, I you mean, let's what? just do it. Hear... Let's get it out of the way. The baby's name is Rue. You know, it's weird. I
1: still don't remember what that baby's name is. <laughs> and
0: it could be any name. could be any name you could imagine.
1: could be it any could name. could be any name. I certainly haven't heard any names said on this podcast that would make sense <laughs> for the name of their child. So, hope, good luck. Maybe they're waiting for the bris. Who knows?
2: A lot of pregnancies
0: this <laughs> year. So many, so many pandemic many babies. Mm-hmm. Oh my
1: goodness! I know we talked about this <clears throat> a couple weeks ago, but every time I think about that pregnancy announcement, I d-
0: I, I don't get want to talk about it again. Mad. I don't. I, this is a positive episode
1: <laughs> yeah let's be positive
0: i'm very very happy for john moxley and uh, renee paquette yes, i'm so pleased for, for them. them although i didn't Lots care for that photo for she posted of her baby belly where she still had obliques and i was like would, would you look at that <laughs> like, how dare you be fitter than me whilst carrying another human inside of you um but good <laughs> for them tummy. And good for the Bella Babies. We got Bella Babies this year, too.
1: Bella Babies Uh, did come into the world. We got
0: Mateo and I want to say Buddy.
1: (laughs) We also saw Kenny Omega become the cleaner once more and form a partnership with Don Callis, who there's a lot to dislike about, about how it was done. It's also... It's also fun to watch him work in that character within matches. Yeah, He's still very good at what he does. I think Don Callis does plus him because Kenny's not bad on the mic. Don Callis is just like he's another level.
0: Kenny has an occasional – we've talked about this before. Kenny has an occasional – odd pattern to his delivery where he sometimes sounds like someone for whom english is a second language and it was much mm-hmm. more noticeable when he was in japan and he was presumably speaking japanese more regularly but mm-hmm. just sometimes his sentence structure and his uh grammatical choices are are, a, are an interesting uh way to use the english language as that was just then um, <laughs> and i think sometimes like if they want to you know really position him as this sneaky heel who's been plotting forever and ever uh, which just feels like the really evil version of his storyline with my beloved Kota Ibushi um, then sure this works and uh, John Car- Don Carlos is great on the mic and I'm I'm prepared to watch where it goes
1: I think it'd be fun to wrap this episode up with a new year's resolution but for something in wrestling that you want to either get better or keep doing what it's doing all right. What do you think about that? You like it? Let's do it. Danielle, what do you have?
2: Um I mean, I guess I already said it more, but if y'all want to just do musical numbers, the AEW doesn't own that. If y'all want to just start busting into song at like any moment, because essentially when you think about what the, the, the the conceit of a musical is that you are suddenly feeling emotion so strong that all you can do is sing and dance about it. And that's the way wrestling is, is you're feeling these emotions so strong and all you can do is body slam about it. Um, so if at any point anyone else would like to do a, a big swing and do a musical number, uh, but uh, please do and and thank you. That's my resolution. More music. I
1: like it. Lindsay.
0: Um, I have one thing that I would like to happen and one thing that I would like to keep happening. The one thing okay. I would like to happen is for uh, Kota Ibushi to become double champ uh, of mm-hmm. New Japan in just a couple of days at Wrestle Kingdom. I want it so bad. I want it for him so bad. He's tried for so long. And he won the G1 again. Like, let my baby have this. Um, You know, Kenny's not coming back for him anytime soon, is he? Not now. So give him the belt. Stop him from going over to his beloved. And just give me what I need. Um, And the other thing I would like to just keep on keeping on is Carnage and TV. Because chan TV has been a real place of joy for me in this year like it was where I knew I could go at least once a week. I would watch Cheetan and then I would watch Kana-chan TV and it was just like a good 20 minutes of joy and I love that woman I love that woman I want her to have all the happiness in the world and she's just such a character that when you think about Oscar as a career as a whole, has done so much and been such a monster and such a badass and will kick your face off. But then you could just go and watch her get her hair colored at the Best Hair Salon in Las Vegas and just be the charm personified, just sweet, kind, endearing charm. And I cannot recommend it enough. It's, it's a beautiful series uh, for a beautiful woman. And um, I love her. I love you. I love watching her cook.
2: Oh, watching and just her cook a soda. Go to relaxing. the store
0: and buy some snacks. I love watching her freak out about the price of Japanese snacks in a Las Vegas mini mall. I'm like, what are you surprised about, Oscar? It was never going to be cheap, but I'm still just find her outrage very <laughs> endearing.
1: I love it. I love it. I have a resolution for Sami Zayn and the Intercontinental Championship, which is a signature feud. I think it would be nice for him to have a signature feud next year, one that lasts a couple months, culminates at WrestleMania with a worthy opponent. Who is that worthy opponent? Not my job. You're not paying me to book it for you. You figure it out. You figured out that John Cena and, and the Fiend stuff. You can figure this out. I trust you. He deserves it. The title deserves it. And I would be excited to see it. Hard sign. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Lindsey Kelk and Danielle Radford along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can follow at Hal Lublin on social media. You can go see shows I'm doing, listen to other podcasts that I host, and, and hear me muse about serials that I enjoy. Danielle?
2: Um, yeah, just find me at uh, Danielle Radford on Twitter. Uh, that is where I be. If I've got anything coming up, I will let you know then. I'm hopefully right now um uh probably laying in my bed with my with my uh with my sad lamp on just catching those rays pretending like i'm on a beach man uh that's probably where i'm at when you listen to this just in a bikini yeah in a bikini just on my bed just see see sounds and 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 lit candles so if you want to hear if i'm doing anything that you're invited to uh it would be on my twitter because that one is just for me (laughs)
0: <laughs> Lindsay. Uh, but yeah, I'm also on the social media, um, I'm at Lindsay Kelk on Instagram and Twitter and sometimes Facebook, like there's a whole page posting stuff, uh, but I'm mostly personally on Twitter and Instagram, so come find me there, that's where I'll tell you all about my books and things like that, and um, occasionally do a nice live video where inevitably at some point Jeff will come in the room and get told to go away. That seems to be a <laughs> highlight for a lot of people. I don't don't get it, but it's, you know, people are into weird stuff and everyone should totally be able to do what they want to do.
1: (laughs) I love it. Our producer, Julian Burrell, is lost in video games free from responsibility as you're hearing this. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. Thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. Buy our T-shirts, for goodness sakes. Julian's lifting fucking weights (laughs) while I'm reading the outro of the show. You can never stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Let's get
2: 2021 started the right way. Yeah,
1: I, I want you to bench t- 2,021 <laughs> pounds this kind year. That's what I want you to do. A ton
2: and some. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling.
0: Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites.
1: Hi, it's me, Dave Hill from before. Here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, The Goddamn Dave Hill Show, into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal, Chris Gersbeck. Say hi,
2: Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great that's too.
1: enough chris and new jersey chicken rancher des say hi des hey dave the dave hill good time hour brand new episodes every friday on maximum fun plus the show's not even an hour it's 90 minutes take that stupid rules we nailed it
2: maximumfun.org
1: comedy and culture
2: artist owned audience supported